0: It's great to have you guys. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services today. And let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. Great to have you guys a part as well. Well, before we get going, let's say our mission statement as a church. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. It's great to have you guys here. Thanks so much for coming. Was that video hideous or what? Oh my goodness, that's crazy. And so, well, without further ado, I would like to invite Miss Jessica Cornelius and all the Kid-Neliuses on the stage. All right. Jessica's got some serious height on those shoes. That's like, Gene Simmons is jealous right now. He wants the height. That's pretty awesome, babe. Come on up here. All right. I'm surrounded by two beautiful women and uh, my bodyguards. (laughs) So it's great to have them. This is, real, this is cool, guys. We have yeah. done, this is the first time we've ever done this as a family, had everyone up here, so it's really cool just to have them here. And so, uh, you know, before we get started, I just want to say it's such a blessing to have my family. We've been doing ministry together as a family from the very beginning. And so uh, really, to, to start us off, I want to just uh, throw it to the heart of our family and the glue to our family, which is really my beautiful wife. So Thank
1: you. Well, I think anytime we start a conversation about family, and especially doing family God's way, the way that God would want family done, we need to start with the best foundation I know of. One of my favorite verses for this is Psalms 127.1 that says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that build it labor in vain? And that is just so true because we can try to do everything we want, but if we do it in our own strength, it's not going to work. We have to lean into God's supernatural strength. We have to let him build it because it's just too tiring and stressful to try to do it on your own strength. So as we start today, just remember that verse that you have to let the Lord build it and you have to lean into his strength when you do that. And I remember when we started our family, Bill and I decided, okay, we want to do family God's way. We want to be intentional about it. So when we first had Mason, I was reading all of these books on parenting, every book I could get my hand on. And I remember just, you know, sitting there and highlighting great little concepts about parenting. But what's funny, and a lot of your moms will know this, what you read in the book and then what happens in real life doesn't always work sometimes, you know? Like when you're in the real-life situation, it seems like all that knowledge you have from your parenting books just goes shoop, right out the back of your head, and you're in real life, and you just resort to, like, cavewoman, basically. I remember one time we were at a Christian family camp, and Bill was the pastor at the camp that was, like, preaching, you know, during the week and everything. So you know, the,
0: the family experts that we were, so, yeah.
1: And Mason, I think, was about nine, and there was a zip line that he was on, you know, hooked up and ready to go down. So we were standing there, and it was a hot summer day, and we were just like, okay, Mason, go. And he's like, no, I'm scared, no. And he wouldn't go. And this lasted for a good five, seven minutes, and I was like, hurry up and go. And all these people were behind us, this long line, all these little kids were like, when's he going to go? I want my turn. So... I'm just, like, griping at him from the bottom. like, hurry up and go. Just get down. Just get down if you're not going to go. Okay, just go. And he's like, no. He's, like, frozen in fear. And then Bill, who's normally really, really yeah. positive, even he was griping at I didn't have my best him.
0: moment. We're like, Mason, hurry up. People are waiting. Come on.
1: So this is the embarrassing part. Did any of the stuff we had read from the books come to our mind at that moment? No. This 19-year-old college kid who worked at the camp walked up in front of us, and he started talking really positively to Mason. And he's like look, you can do this, In the Bible it says, I can do all things through Christ, and Bill and I look at each other, because that's our family verse, and we didn't even quote it to him. Some <laughs> a 19-year-old kid was quoting We're it like, to him. we just like this
0: big L, I'm a loser. And
1: yeah. he was being real encouraging to Mason, and of course, it worked, and Mason went down, but we just felt like the worst parents.
0: Was like, I believe in you, Mason. You can do this. He's like, I can. He's like, yes, you can. We're all looking at him like,
1: Who are you?
0: I mean, like, it was, yeah, we look horrible.
1: Basically, just saying all that, like, I mean, you can read all the books you want. You can try to get all the knowledge you want. But it's got to just be God and him, you know, depositing those strengths in you and that wisdom in you. But just to know that sometimes you are going to mess up as a parent, you know. Um, But one thing I feel like that we did do right that I love is that we all have a family verse. When the kids were little, we decided everyone's going to have a family verse. I'm I'm sorry, a life verse. We have a family verse. Philippians 4:13, 13. But, um... Each life verse for each one of them. And to this day, they still have it, and I think that's really special, and it's something that they can be like an anchor for them in their life. You want to start with your life verse, Mason?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll start. My life verse is Matthew 6.33, and what that verse says is, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you.
1: Um, Mine's Romans 12.11, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord.
0: Mine's Acts 13.36, David served the purpose of God in his generation before he died.
3: Mine's Joshua 1, 9. have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous.
4: Mine is Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We all have a
0: life verse, and, and it doesn't, that sounds really cool, and you're thinking like, wow, must have been this grandiose moment. But no, we actually just challenge the kids to go find their own verse. And just whatever one they really liked. And I want to challenge you guys to do the same. This would be great family homework, wouldn't it? For, for just get together as a family and say, hey, let's all find a verse that will become our own life verse. You get to pick your own. Pick the one that is appropriate for you. And uh, Mason's even changed. He actually changed his later on. And that's fine. And so just make it who you are and make it and your own. And also
1: find a family verse that's a verse for yeah. your family, too.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, babe. You know what? So here's the thing. We were given questions uh, from people on Facebook and Instagram. And so we just want to go through the questions and just answer those, if that's okay with you guys. And so I'm going to jump right in here. Let's see, what's our first question? Oh, this is a good one, Jessica. I'm going to throw this back to you. So, do you keep anything from the kids?
1: Uh, Yes, (laughs) a lot. (laughs) I kind of thought that was like a common sense answer. You know, like, yeah, you don't tell kids everything. They're little, their little brains aren't developed, they can't handle all this stuff that you're going through. Um, I really feel like with parents, um, if you're, you know, having a hard time with your wife, the husband should not be dumping that on the kids. Or if the wife is mad at the husband, she should not be telling that to the kids. Like, that, they should not be hearing any of that. Or if you're having problems with family members or friends, I mean, your kids are not the people that you go to for that. I mean, they're, they're just not developed. They're not wise enough to handle that kind of stuff yet. Even with us at church, um, over the years, when I was a really young mom, I had several pastors' wives tell me, like, never let your kids hear you and your husband talk about anything that's going on at church, you know, any of the stress or drama, because you don't want that to taint them, their view of church and God's house, and I thought that was really wise wisdom. So sometimes when they were old enough, you know, we would get in the car and just drive around the block and talk, just so we would make sure they weren't, you know, listening to us or eavesdropping, and so I thought we were super intentional about trying to not let them overhear anything. And then Mason, a few years ago, he's like, Mom, I was sitting at the top of the stairs when you thought I was in bed, and I was eavesdropping on y'all. And I was like, ah, I was trying so hard. (laughs) But still try your best. But anyway, so yeah, they are, you know, you need to keep their innocence, and there's nothing that kids need to know that it could be dangerous or toxic. or.
0: Yeah, and we still, like, if we have an issue between the two of us, we still keep that between us. And so we talk about that and work that out. I mean, that's just biblical. And so we want to make sure our kids know that our marriage actually um, is our highest priority so that they learn that too, that when they have an issue with their spouses one day, it'll be between them and their spouse, not them, and their spouse, and their kids. That's important. I know that's an issue for some people Start start saying things to their kids. So, okay, this next question, Jessica, I'm going to throw one more to you, and then we'll pass it around, I promise. But this is a great one. Uh, a lady asked, how do you keep it together as a mom, wife, employee, just all the roles that you have? Hey,
1: it's funny that I got that question because that's the question. I ask every woman that is older than me that I always meet. It's like this burning question. I think all women have this question, honestly, because we all wear so many hats. We all have so many roles, and just also like the hat of just self-care, taking care of yourself, finding the time to take care of yourself, and I feel like all the ladies that I've talked to, all the books I've read on this, that they're all just saying like, No woman has it all together, level 10, every hat, all the time. And I think we all think that each other does, like when we see each other and what, you know, when we just interact with each other casually. But nobody has it all together, level 10, all the time. There's seasons where sometimes you're doing really great in one area and maybe not so great in another Or maybe another season when you're doing kind of okay and everything, but not really knocking it out of the park. It's just so much about seasons, you know? But I will tell you um, a basic fundamental truth is if you just start your day every day going to God and getting a game plan from him and just say, okay, Lord, this is my day, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say yes to? What do you want me to say no to? He will tell you. He really will. And you're going to have to hurt a lot of people's feelings and say no to doing a lot of things. And I hate that because I'm a people pleaser by nature, so it kills me but you have to know what your purpose is in life, what God has for you, and you need to align your priorities to that, and that way you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. So if you know, oh, this really isn't, my purpose God has for me, I'm going to have to say no to that. You know, I, y'all, I literally had to buy a book on how to say no. It was so hard for me. I mean, it is very hard. Except but, to us.
0: You can sure say no, to, say no to, to me. I was like, throw that book away. What, the, yeah, it, what are you doing?
1: When Cole was little, one time we played a game like, what's your favorite word? We went around and Cole's was like, mom's favorite word is no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's easy to say no to y'all.
4: And your favorite hobby is taking naps. That's, that's right. Oh, right
0: yeah, that's, that's right. He, too, he yeah. wrote that down one time. It's hilarious. Anyway,
1: so so women, you're going to have to say no. And it's very painful, and you're just going to have to do it because your highest priorities are your your time with God, your husband, and your kids. And you have to let everything align with that and the purposes God has called you to. That's
0: good. So, okay, here's a great question, too, baby. Thank you. It was great. So how did the family handle the teenage phase with the kids, and what was the toughest part of it, and how did you overcome that? So,
4: Teenage phase? Teenage phase. Um, I don't know. There's kind of a lot of teenage phases, though. Yeah, it's true. there's like...
0: Still in them there's, a little bit, so yeah. Yeah,
4: exactly. Um, I don't know. There's there's middle school, high school, college. Just there's like a lot of different age groups and a lot of different things that people go through at different ages. I mean, I know for me, high school, I went through a bit of a rough patch, and then Mason even went through one a little bit later than I did around college, and Sophie kind of did a little bit earlier. She's still getting through some. Actually, yeah, let's let Sophie. Let's let Sophie oh, go. Oh, throwing into that. it to Sophie. <laughs>
3: Okay, um, so yeah, in middle school, I just went through this time in my life where I really just was really guarded, and I really didn't open up to my parents at all, and I was really secretive and really deceptive, and that led to me getting grounded a lot,
0: and... I mean, no teenage girl ever does that, I know, that's (laughs) totally different
2: for us. Yeah,
3: no, I'm the first, but, um... Yeah, so I think there was one time, right, where I got grounded for, like, a year, right? It was from a your year. Phone.
1: Wait, from your phone? No, I'm not even being
3: dramatic. It, was, it your, was a year.
1: That was from your
3: phone, which is worse than socially being grounded. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, you know, my phone is everything. But, um, <laughs> so, during that year, I just kind of learned a lot. Like, I learned to not, like, just to open up more to my parents and just be more honest with them because, the more honest that I am with them, the more freedom that they give back to me. And I think I realize that now. And, like, right now, my parents read every single one of my text messages, and I'm fine with it. And they have all my passwords to my social media, and they check everything, which I'm okay with because, I mean, I trust them, and hopefully they trust me. And so, yeah.
0: Trust but verify.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> Sophie, um, I remember there was... A really neat, fu- funny now, but horrifying for you story during that time. You kept um, hiding devices. I would take one cell phone from her, and she'd go find another one, or she'd find an iPad. She was going to find a way to get on a device. you that teenagers
0: are sneaky. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, I it's mean, incredible. I mean, she found yeah. every
1: single old iPhone we had. So one night, this is just mom's intuition. I was asleep. It was midnight, and I thought, I do not want to get up. But I felt God saying, get up. She's not, she found another device. She's on her room being sneaky. And
3: I was like, <laughs> no way. So I go upstairs, and you tell me. So, yeah, I was, so it was, like, at midnight, or maybe even later than that, and I, they already said goodnight, so I was, like, okay, I'm in the clear, like, there's no way, no way they're gonna, like, just come up here for some random reason, and so, like, I'm on my, like, iPad or whatever that I found somewhere, and I just hear the door, like, she has a key to my door, so I hear the door unlocked. And I go, oh, no. So I shoved that iPad under my bed as literally as fast as I could. And, of course, it's my mom just coming in to check on me. And so she found that, and I got in loads of trouble.
1: But, but I mean, I tell all this to the teenagers out there. Like, your sins will find you out. God talks to parents, and they give Oh, they us will. Every time.
0: God talks to moms. <laughs> that's, true. Yeah, that's true. Ladies yeah. know what I'm talking about, don't you?
4: you no, and you're scary. You just know stuff. Mom, you literally prayed that prayer over us. Like, yeah. not for, like, our protection or anything. She's like, God, I pray that you'll, their sins will find them out. Like, most importantly, <laughs> protect all that. But, yeah, make sure their sins find them out. We were like, like amen. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> At the dinner table. Just, what
3: Every time.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> Sophie, I will say, you know, I, I want to just close the thought on this, that it's, it is really great that you do share everything with us. And what's funny is that she still faces all the same stuff, but now she's not facing it alone. So now when she has a relational riff or there's some issue that comes up or there's some, you know, boy she's interested or whatever, then we can talk about it together. And so that's all we really want. We know that you're an independent person, but we just want to walk, walk through life with you during this phase of your life. And so it's really a blessing, and I am really proud of you for that. And thank so you. It's really cool. So thank you for sharing that too, baby. So, okay, here's a great one too. Here's another question. Uh, how do we as parents, they're asking us, how do we set boundaries I, I, and we, I mean, I've shared on this before, so I thought, let me throw it to one of the kids and to see their angle on how we set boundaries. So, Mason, I'm gonna let you tackle that one.
2: <clears throat> okay, so I am not a parent, so I'm not going to attempt to tell you how to parent, but I will tell you what I've seen, and um, something, well, first, first and foremost, how do you set boundaries? Well, the way you set boundaries, I think we all can agree, is you simply set the boundary. The hard part is, keeping up with those boundaries. Because sometimes as a parent, you'll forget that you set a boundary a long time ago, or you get too busy and you don't really keep up with it. But a perfect example of this is, I know growing up, dad was never bro. And uh, a lot of people have slipped up and called their dad bro before. And I learned real quick, dad is not bro. (laughs) You do not call dad bro. Like, Move out of the TV, bro. Like, No, I learned real quick. (laughs) You do not do that. I'm not your bro, I'm your dad. Yeah, literally. <laughs> okay, now we're totally unscripted right now. That was not in the notes. Okay, but, anyway, was... but there's, there's a reason for that. You, there were boundaries that were set, and the reason boundaries are important is because parents, I promise you, no matter how safe and protected you think your kids are, the world has a way of getting to them. One way or another, the world is influencing them. So it's really important that the... The boundaries that you set are set. And think about it. No one's coming to save you as a parent. No one's going to set those boundaries. It's up to you to set them. No one else is going to set them. So um, something that I'm seeing a lot, and the reason I told you why I was never allowed to call my dad bro, is I'm seeing a lot of parents want to be buddy-buddy with um, their kids. And my dad would tell me straight up, I'm not here to be your buddy. I'm here to be your dad. And so I think it's important for parents to have that mentality that I'm not here to be your buddy I'm here to be your parent so that's how I would say you can stay on top that would that would help you stay on top of setting those boundaries and really meaning it and sticking to them that's a great word bro seriously it's <laughs> a great but he can call me bro it's <laughs> a good word bro that's
0: right <laughs> No, that really was really good. It's really true, though, because, you know, you're, you're going to have moments when, you, when you're just not popular. You just got to know that, parents. You can't worry about that. And so I, I guarantee that still happens with us. We're still not popular with the kids all the time. So uh, here's another great question. Um, how does your family stay positive, and how do you as a family deal with problems and stress?
4: Stay positive? Um, honestly, I think a lot of our positivity is kind of a trickle-down effect just from how you lead our household. Um, it kind of it starts you know, with the parents and the father, the mother, how they kind of set the tone and the mood of the house of how we handle things, how we react to things. And uh, if you guys are always negative all the time, then obviously the house is just going to be chaos all the time. It's obviously not good for anyone. So I feel like it's the parents' job to kind of set the tone in that direction. Obviously, you're a very positive person. You lead with positivity in your household and in your career, and it just pours out of you. So I feel like that's kind of how we keep our positive attitude is very contagious from good job. We can do twenty
0: bucks after this for that. Oh, it's forty. Forty. Forty now? Oh, man. It's going up every service. That's crazy. So. so how do we deal with I'm curious, how do we deal with stress, like as a family, like problems and stuff?
3: Um sorry. Um I think for our family at least, we all have like a family meeting where our dad calls us down into the living room and none of us can really leave until it gets resolved. And it takes a while. <laughs> I
0: tie them down. That's what I do. So, the do meetings, yeah. do the
4: meetings aren't like 30
0: minutes. They're like six
4: hours. It's bad. Just, it's yeah. bad.
1: Like, we're trying to watch
4: the game.
1: They're not pretty. I mean, y'all, we're like screaming. We're angry. I mean, not all the time. But I'm just saying, like, this isn't a professional meeting. Like, we're very real, being really real and honest with y'all. Like, The family meetings, I mean, they can get emotional and very stressful working things out. So, Yeah,
0: and it's not uncommon to be like, hey, no, don't talk to your sister that way, or hey, you lower your voice, that kind of stuff. So that's that's just parenting. But the biggest rule of the whole meeting is no one leaves until this is worked out. And so, like, we're a family first, and so we're not going to have rifts that just stay. So we're going to figure this out, or we're not going to leave. And so it actually motivates everyone to figure it out when they're like, we're going to be here a long time. If someone doesn't give in, and
4: so it actually kind of causes that, like holidays and stuff too, you know. Oh yeah. Like when we have somewhere to be, or even before church, so it's kind of just like we got to figure this out because we have somewhere
0: to be. Yeah, like it's Christmas day. We got to do this. I don't care. We're not. We're not leaving until this is figured out. You know. So that's a big deal. And so I think that that helps us. Uh, prioritize. And so, yeah, family meetings, and so that's a big deal. So um, speaking of that, Matthew 18 really is a verse for this. It just says, basically, if someone offends you, go directly to them. So I just want to encourage you, don't be afraid to call a family meeting. That's important. So, um, okay, here's a great question uh, for the kids. Okay, uh, this came in through Facebook. What have your parents said or done to help you develop your own relationship with God?
2: Uh, uh I'll go. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um I know growing up something that I always saw my dad doing that I thought was so cool is I would notice my dad just walking around the house um praying to God. And um he would do it every night and I thought that was so cool because he would he wouldn't just be praying in his head, he'll be talking to God um like out loud and I would get to see that at a young age and it, it really taught me something. It taught me that the person, that, that God is talking to a being. I, I, my dad was talking to a being, sorry. He wasn't talking to, but like, talking to God wasn't wishing to him at 1111 11 every night, or he isn't some concept of like a genie in a bottle and we just make wishes to, that he's a, a real uh, person who wants to, to know you and, and talk to you. And seeing my dad talk to him like that was so cool. My dad even had a watch Um, a stopwatch on to keep track of his time so he would know that he's been praying enough for the day. And it would be so cool because my little hyper self would be running around the house, messing around, and I'd run up to my dad, like, dad, dad. And like, I'd ask him a question and he'll pause it and be like, what, son, what do you need? And then he'll answer my question real quick and I'll just, I'll run off. But it was cool because I had no idea how much that would stick with me now, seeing that my dad walking around talking to God is like the same as walking around and just talking to someone on the phone. Um, and I got to see that at a young age, that, wow, that's, that talking, praying isn't just sending some prayers up and hoping that someone hears them. It's like a real conversation and he hears you. And so that really made me want um, my own relationship with God growing up.
4: I think that helped you just like realize that, you know, God is, is real and, and dad takes him so seriously. And I think that for me, it's not just something that you guys have really tried to implement. It's kind of just something I've picked up on. Um, the question was, you know, how, what makes us want to have our own relationship with God? Um, honestly, I think that it's not something you guys have really instilled. Well, obviously you have, but it's, it's more of seeing it. The most inspiring thing to me is seeing just how he's blessed y'all's lives with everything that you guys have and all the leadership and success that, you, that drives you guys and how he's blessed y'all makes me, want to have my own relationship with him. is how you lead our household, how you lead uh, the church, you know, doing things that can only be described as a God thing is really what makes me want to have my own relationship with him, you know, just seeing the obvious blessing that it's had on y'all's lives.
3: Um, yeah, so, like, both of what they said. And for me... <laughs> <laughs> And for me, it was just, um, well, this past last summer, or this past summer, um, I had a rite of passage, and um, during that time, I just had each one of my family members just pour into me.
4: Rite of passage. Mom, tell oh, Okay. Me. You want to explain oh. what a rite <laughs> of passage is? So
1: yeah. A rite of passage, it's a tradition we have in our family every time... The kids um, have their 13th birthday, and they move from being um, a young boy to a man. We have a transitional time where we celebrate that. For Sophie, we waited till she was 16. But basically, it's a time where there's a defining moment in their life where they know, I have become a man or I have become a woman. Because in today's culture, in today's world, it's like, oh... when when did you become a a man or a woman? It's usually like, oh, the first time I had sex or the first time I got plastered drunk. And we didn't want that. We wanted a defining moment in their lives where they knew. We wanted it to be a godly defining milestone in their life where they knew, okay, I am a godly young man now, a young woman now. And so we had these um, traditions that we do. And so she just had hers... And so that's what she's talking about right
3: now. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, during that time, it was just really cool to see each one of my family members each night just get to pour into me and just, like, lead me in the right direction and, like, pour a lot of biblical wisdom into me. And I just learned a lot from it, so...
0: Yeah, it was really and it was fun for us because we kind of sat there watching our own boys pour into our daughter which is really neat just to be like wow you know because then like Cole'd say something to Sophie, and we're like oh he he believes that okay that's good you know so like he, he got that or mason got that so it's really neat to see them you know the great thing about like once you start pouring into your kids it snowballs to the next kid and so that's the great thing about that so we're seeing that with our kids makes us really proud so okay so this last question um is a doozy um it's uh Okay, here it is. Um, what was your family's darkest moment, and how did you overcome it? So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go there. Okay. This is
1: something that we've never shared. Last night was the first time we shared it, and so it's yeah. really personal and raw. So um, yeah. But we just are gonna share it to hope that it encourages y'all.
0: Yeah. So um, a couple years ago. Um, Never said this on stage or really to anyone, Uh, only a handful of people even know about this, but um, things got pretty bad with me and the boys, Um, got really difficult, and it it got so bad I didn't want it to get worse, Uh, I didn't want to do things we regretted, so I actually uh, asked my boys to leave the house, and uh, it was was pretty painful, but it's really not my story to tell, so I'm going to let you guys uh, tell the story.
2: Yeah, um, was, I'll never forget that moment um, whenever you had asked us to leave. Um, Was it one of the hardest moments of my life? Yes. Was it one of the darkest moments of our lives? Yes. But would I change anything? No. Um, I wouldn't change anything at all because I learned so much through that and I grew so much through that that I wouldn't want to change any of it. And um, it was really hard not coming home every night, um, not really knowing how you're going to eat or meat. For me, it was hard just trying to take care of Cole. It was just me and you, Um, not knowing what my parents are up to, not knowing if I'm ever going to talk to them again, if I'm going to see them again, because I wanted nothing to do with my family. I wanted nothing to do with church. Um, I was angry at God. I was angry at at everyone at everything. And I was just running uh, from God as hard as I could. And um, it's it's those moments of hitting rock bottom where you learn the most. And I hate that that's what it takes, but sometimes that is what it takes. And I remember being so fed up um, and so tired of just feeling numb that I was like, I need, something. Like, I need a spark. I need to feel something again, because right now I'm just going through life not feeling anything. Um, And I was given this opportunity to go serve at our student camp. And growing up as a pastor's kid, I've gone to student camp every year um, as a student, but it never really hit hit me the same as I saw it hit all the other students in the room. Um, And so some time had passed. I haven't spoken to mom or dad in a in a good while, haven't even seen y'all, spoken to y'all, Have no idea what y'all are up to. Last I heard, y'all were supposed to be on um, y'all's 25th anniversary um, in another country um, during the time that I wanted to go serve at this camp. I was just trying to try anything um, at this point. And so I get to go and serve at camp. And while I'm there at camp, I feel like God's starting to talk to me and it was, so weird because I've grown up in church and you would think I knew what that voice felt like, but I hadn't felt it like this before. The level of conviction I was feeling and how it's, it's time to change, Mason. It's time for you to stop chasing this, stop chasing that. It's time for you to, to chase me. And one night in particular um, was the night that I decided to give everything to God. And that's actually why I made my life verse Matthew 6:33. Like my mom said, um, I changed my verse um, and I changed it to Matthew 6.33 because I was chasing this, chasing that. In Matthew 6.33, like I said, it says, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. And that was the night I made that decision. And I'm sitting there in worship and I'm just wrestling with God and I'm angry and I'm prideful and I don't, I don't want to change, but I know I need to. And I just feel God telling me, just do this, Mason, just put your hands up. Just, just put your hands up. Can you do that? Because it's been a long time since you've simply just dropped your pride and put your hands up in worship. And so I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to, God. But then I finally said, okay, God, I'm gonna put my hands up. And I knew the moment that I obeyed him the first time, he was gonna push me a little further. And then he said, "Um, okay, look around. And I'm looking around and everyone's having this amazing moment with God. And I finally get to have that moment, the moment that I dropped my pride and put my hands up. I'm finally getting to experience that. And it was so cool. And then I feel God talk to me again. And he says, okay, now turn around. And I haven't seen my parents. And I don't know how long, but it had been a very long time. And I turn around and I see my parents in the back of the room. And I'm kind of shocked because as far as I knew, they're supposed to be out of town right now. I don't know why they're here. And I see them back there. I'm like, okay, that's, that's weird. And I feel God telling me, you never made things right with them. You've never said sorry, You never fixed anything. I want you to go back there and um, make things right. And I'm just like really struggling in that moment. Like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, And I even told God, God, I already know the worship sets are already almost over uh, because I've grown up in this church. I know how many songs we do. So there's, (laughs) there's no point for me to go back there. Uh, we're about to, to sit down and listen to, to the message now, so I don't have enough time. And then, of course, of course, the worship leader gets up there. He's like, all right, guys, we got three more songs. And he's just like, <laughs> just like, okay, God, I see what you're trying to do. And so during that next song, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I start walking back to my parents, and tears are just streaming down my face. Um and I see them and I just, I just grab them both around the neck and I'm just, I'm just crying to them. I'm saying, I'm sorry, mom, I'm sorry, dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I let you down. I'm sorry for disappointing you. I'm sorry for, feeling, for being a threat. I'm sorry for making you feel unsafe in your own home. And in that moment, I received, I received more healing in that moment than I had received in my entire life. And everything changed for me then. And the, the question was, what was your family's darkest moment? But then it said, how did you overcome it? The thing is, I can't overcome it. We couldn't overcome it, but God helped us overcome it. It wasn't anything I could do, my dad could do, anything we could do, but God helped us overcome it. And in that moment, there was healing and it was powerful. And it was like I was running from God, but that was whenever I came back home and our family had healing that we hadn't had before. And that was my side, you know, a little bit of my testimony, but I will let Cole touch on it.
4: Yeah. um, I feel like it was a little bit different for us because Mason was kind of more um, open and and sentimental towards our parents, I guess. Um, So our relationship got really bad when we first got kicked out of the house and we had to move out. Um, and we stayed with some friends for, for a while until eventually we even had to sign our own lease on a place and stay there. Um, and I remember there was nothing even in our entire like apartment or anything. We didn't really have any food and it was, it was just hard coming back every night and not really having anyone there for you. Pretty much all we had was each other, like, and I don't know. It was just our relationship with our parents just grew more and more distant, even to where, um, we had like almost no contact with them. Um, and then I remember one day my mom called me and I just, um, I don't know. I was really running from God at that moment in my life. And, um, it's, it's hard to say, but I kind of just despised my parents, I guess, at that moment. And I didn't want to have anything to do with them. Um, but then after camp, I know Mason had a huge moment with them and we had a talk and I was kind of, Confused about, I thought we were on the same page of, I guess, um, how we felt about the situation. And whenever our parents, it was just strange to me to see how our parents never stopped pursuing us. Even when we were out of the house, they wanted us to come back home. They wanted to make things right. And we just wouldn't listen. Uh, at least I wouldn't. And then they finally got a hold of Mason. God got a hold of Mason's heart. And Mason kind of turned his ways towards them. Um, but for me, it was even when we got back into the house, And we were starting the rebuilding process of our relationship. It was still really hard because the first couple weeks, I still wasn't, I didn't even want to come home or anything like that. Uh, I remember when we pulled up in our driveway and you and dad started crying, and I was just still there, mad and didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, But over time, I guess looking back at how it all happened, it wasn't kind of a one moment for me that changed my whole life and perspective on things. It kind of, was a time, a time thing. So I guess that can be used as encouragement for some people in here to say, it may not be just one night to where everything's good again. You know, it takes time to rebuild those issues. And kind of for me, what helped me look at it is God never stopped chasing me and my parents never stopped chasing me. Even when my brother, you know, wanted me to come back home. And, and at that point, I just said, okay, God, I'm just going to surrender it all to you right now and, and finally give in. And just a good decision, best decision I ever made.
1: And I just want to say to a lot of you, um, I really respect the way Bill had to lead this church during that time. Um, It was a really hard time for our family. And, um, you know, we we don't tell y'all when we're going through hard times. He just, he's strong. God gives him the strength. And it's really hard to lead others, pour into others. There's a lot going on when you lead an organization this big. And he did it so well. Y'all probably had no idea that we were literally just walking through hell with our family at that time. And I just really respect the way that he led so well during that.
0: You know, we we wanted to just share honestly with our family with you guys. And I will tell you, that I'm so incredibly proud of you, Mason, and, and Cole, and Sophie, all three of you, you guys... Have your own walks with God. And, and uh, as painful as it was, uh, looking back, I don't regret it either, Mason. I love the fact that God used it in, in all of our lives. Um, and in that moment, I think what happened for me even was it was dark, it was hard, and, you know, I'm called to get up and encourage you, and I need someone to encourage me. And, uh, but I will tell you in those moments, um, I had to come to, the, to a truth too, that as much as I love what I do and I love this church, I really do, but as much as I love you guys... It pales in comparison to the love I have for my children and my family. And it was in that moment that I got to say, God, you're, my family is more important in this ministry to me. And I will prioritize them. And, uh, and and we got to walk through that together. And, babe, you were amazing through that. I'm so grateful for your strength as well through it. And uh, I know it was hard on all. It was hard on Sophie too. And and uh, all of us went, went through it. But I want to tell you that because maybe someone today is hurting in your family and you don't have the answers you want or maybe it's not clean and easy and simple and and it wasn't for us either and it's still not and, and things could fall apart tomorrow. I mean, we're still just human, you know, but I just, I want to encourage you today with a scripture I shared last week, actually. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. And so I want to mention that because we're not here today to display our family to you. We're here today to display our weakness to you because that's where God's power comes in, is that if you'll just open up your heart, be humble and say, God, I'm weak and I need you and I'm a broken person, God can do something really special through that. And that's exactly what's happened in our family. And that's exactly what I believe can happen in your family too.
1: And I just have to close with this. Please do not think that we're out of the woods. We've arrived. We're, you know, don't put us on a pedestal. Don't put our kids on a pedestal. We're human. We could, um, you know, have one of our big family meetings in three days where we're all, you know, yelling and screaming and fighting. I mean, who knows? I mean, just we're not up here to say. So we've arrived. Come to us with all your questions. You know, no, we're flawed humans with deficits, and we're still going to have um, tribulations and trials. So I just want to clarify that for all of you right now.
0: Yeah, but there's hope in the fact that we all love God and want to walk with Him. Mm -hmm. And just know this, no matter what you go through, you're still a family. And so, a family is just broken people choosing to stay together and say, we still are a family. We won't give that up because God even put Jesus in a family unit. So, it's important. It's powerful. You need your family, and they need you. And so, guys, thank you all so much for sharing. This is amazing. Can we just give it up for the Corneliuses and the Cornelius family? Thank you, guys. Incredible. Wow. Well, I'm going to close our service out. I'm going to dismiss you guys. Y'all can head out. Thank y'all so much for all you do. Remember, as I always say to you guys, that you're destined for greatness. Greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Guys, thanks for being a part of our services. Let's do, do this right now. Can we just take a moment to bow our heads? And as you take a moment to bow your heads and pray, maybe today something just spoke to you, you know, and I, I, I mean, I feel very vulnerable right now in this moment, just showing you the, the true skinny on our family, but that's who we are, and I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of it, I, it's just, it's who we are, and one thing I want to tell you about our church is that we want to be real, and so we're not going to disguise it and try to pretend like everything's perfect, and I bet it's probably not perfect in your home either. With your head bowed and your eyes closed during this prayer time, maybe today you just need to have a little hope to know that God can turn things around. You know, we're on the other end of it now, maybe you're in the middle of it still, Maybe today God just needed to breathe some hope into you to hear these young people that were running from God saying, no, 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 now we're running to God. If that inspired you and your family, maybe you needed to hear that today. Would you just lift your hand high to God and say, God, thank you, you were speaking to me. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses right now. Thank you for that. Thank you. God sees you. God knows what's going on in your marriage. He knows what's going on with your kids. He knows what's going on with you. And he will guide you and lead you and you will overcome. You will get through this, the power of Christ. He is with you in those dark moments. Sometimes you don't know how much he's with you until you feel all alone. Maybe today, just say, God, I trust you. In the middle of the mess I'm in, I trust you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed during his prayer time. Maybe you've never trusted Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. This is that moment when he can become alive to you. Just like my own son who who said I was raised in church and I, and I, I was disconnected from it. So you can even be all around the truth and still not feel the truth inside you. Well, the truth is that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. If you'll simply accept that he died and rose again for you, he'll come inside your heart, change you from within, forgive you of your sins and give you a fresh start. He also reserves a place for you in heaven and gives you a purpose while you're still here on this earth with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you can pray this prayer. We're gonna pray it out loud together across all of our campuses. You can just pray this prayer with us. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.